highest title, numero uno I'm not a Puerto Rican, but I'm speaking so that you know And understand I got the gift of speech and it's a blessing So listen to the lesson Welcome, welcome, welcome to the insurance portion of the real estate trifecta So excited to be here um, setup looks a little bit different. Uh, usually you see me here with the guys, but this portion, this is all about women's empowerment. This is dropping in the month of March, which is Women's History Month. So this is awesome. The timing of this is amazing, but enough about me. I have these three incredible women seated to my left. I'm gonna have them introduce themselves in one minute. They'll tell you their name, they'll tell you how they're connected to the insurance industry, and just a little bit about them, and then we'll get into the questions a little bit. So, Gabriella, introduce yes. yourself to the people. So, I'm Gabriella Estrada. I recently opened up my own State Farm Agency in the heart of Brentwood, New York, so my office is in Brentwood. <laughs> Beautiful, thank you. Welcome, Gabriella. Danelle. Okay, my name is Danelle. Uh, I'm going to use my middle initial M, Permenter. <laughs> and I, um, I've been in the insurance industry for about 12 years now. Recently, independent producer, started my, looking to start my own agency, Comprehensive Insurance and Financial uh, Planning Services. Welcome. Thank you, Danelle, for being here. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having Beth. me. My good friend Kevin Spann, Beth Hanlon. I'm an all-state agent since 1987. In May, I'll be celebrating my 35th year as an all-state agent. My agency is located in Riverhead, and I have two sons and live in Manorville. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Beth, thank you so much for being here. So we're going to jump right in. We're talking women's empowerment we're talking women in the insurance industry so i'm gonna go in reverse order so beth when I, we were talking about putting this episode together i've been in the business the exact same amount of time as you i jump in my phone i jump in my social media and i said this will be easy i'll find three or four women but beth i was really other than you top of mind who i've known forever in my contact base in my phone in my social media I do not have enough women business owners. You've been in the business for a long time. Why do you think that is that more women aren't taking advantage of this wonderful opportunity? It may be that um, insurance isn't an industry that comes off as exciting or um, sexy, but <laughs> insurance, everyone needs it. And it is a wonderful business to get involved in. Uh, you build relationships. Uh, being an entrepreneur, owning my own business, was something I knew I wanted to do when I was a, a, a young girl. That's what I, I thought that would be good for me. I love the uh, public relations aspect. I love the networking aspect. I love being a boss. So I'm one of, I, I have nine siblings, yes. and so I grew up uh, liking to tell people what to do. Yes. So it's really uh, a great field, and um, I think being a woman in this kind of business, you do stand out. Uh, women have a different approach to how we operate, how we build relationships with customers and the environment we create in our business. Um, nurturing people, uh, 
leading them. We have different qualities that um, women definitely have. And I think more women should take advantage of having, you know, or, or having the confidence that they can do it. And that's what it's about. I, I love it, Beth. Beth, you gave so many jewels in that answer. Yeah. I'm trying to come back and see which one <laughs> I want to hone in on. Um, but you said the, the magic for me was that this is what you always wanted to do. And this checked all the boxes for you. Box uh, being a boss, being independent, being involved in the community. You and I are very similar. We run our ECs pretty much the exact same way. But the most compelling thing that you said is that you said you wanted to be an entrepreneur from a young age or specifically insurance? Uh, entrepreneur. Okay. I knew I would be, a, I knew I wanted to get in business and I have my, my dear friend Elizabeth, uh, Betty Burt, who we went to college together and she convinced me to go into, uh, get an interview with Allstate. Yes. I thought, no way, I, insurance? That's not <laughs> what I want to do. I wanted to do public relations. Yes. That's what I thought I'd want to do, or advertising. As it turns out, when you own your own business, you are doing PR, you are doing advertising. And I always did sales yes. throughout my, I was in retail sales, telemarketing, and I always liked connecting with people and hearing, listening, and hearing what they, you know, what, what they're all about and then trying to figure out um, how I could solve uh, you know, their issue or their, their problem or their need um, and satisfy that. And insurance is a great industry. You're helping people protect their most important things and their life, their homes, their cars, and uh, you get to journey with them. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, Danelle, mm -hmm. your path here was a little bit different. So <laughs> yeah. um, before I begin <laughs> to ask the question, I owe a big thank you to the Facebook group Black Long Island. Mm -hmm. So I opened by saying that um, when we put this together, uh, Carlos gave us the challenge of the Women Empowerment Group, and he said, find titans in the business. Mm -hmm. When I looked, I didn't have enough and enough of exactly the right people I wanted on the mm -hmm. show. So I posted on Black Long Island, I was looking for women in the insurance business. I probably got 10 to 15 recommendations, mm -hmm. of which I had seven to eight solid conversations. But when you and I spoke on Saturday, immediately, Sunday, we actually spoke on right. Sunday. Yes. Immediate, I'm so glad you were <laughs> able to be here. But um, I wanna talk a little bit about your, your path here because a little bit different because before insurance, you've got some other letters behind your yeah, name, a little JD behind Danielle <laughs> and Pimenta. So let's talk about your path to the business and what brought you to this path. Yes, when we spoke on uh, Sunday, uh, thank you so much for having me here. And it was my sister-in-law who actually had placed my name in and I get the ring and I'm like, what is this I'm tagging? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I put my information in and the rest is history, right? Mm -hmm. So I come from a family and I think we've heard this a lot today where education was very, very important. Mm -hmm. So I knew from kindergarten that I needed to go to college. It, yes. wasn't, it wasn't an optional thing. Um, so I graduated from high school went to college, I had, a free, I, I had a free ride in the sense that I had a full academic scholarship. Um, and from there, I, I went into the Peace Corps, 
So I went into the country currently known as the Re Democratic Republic of Congo. It was Zaire when I was there, so I give my age away a little bit. <laughs> 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 um, I got to travel all over Africa um, at that time. It was a beautiful experience. And then I came home, worked for a little bit, decided I um, needed to go back to school. And I went and I got my master's in social work from Tulane University. So um, there I had an intern in the courtroom working with juvenile rights. And I, I would be so upset, you know, working with the children because as a social worker, we learn that it's both, right? It's nurture, it's nature, it's group, it's the individual that has a bearing of, you know, how a, a child evolves. And so I said, you know, I, I'm going to go into law. I'm, I'm going to work in the court and I'm going to follow this through. So I went to law school. <laughs> I come back home here. I, I go to a Toro Law Center and again, giving away my age a little bit because it's in Central Islip now, but it was in Huntington when I started. I remember. <laughs> I, I tried to go there when it was in Huntington, so I remember. We're okay. We're okay. Um, so my first year, I was blessed. I got an internship working with the Juvenile Rights Division in uh, Brooklyn. And I went into court every day and came home crying every day. And it was because the realization is that the social work part of me doesn't have that much bearing in the juvenile court. In other words, the attorneys are doing their job, but their jobs are just to win in some sense, right? Um, and, and where as a social worker, I would say, well, that child is getting involved in this, but you didn't look at the family background he's in. You didn't look at his living situation. And it didn't matter, right? And ultimately, it's the judge that says, do a little bit more, but they never did say a little bit more. And so I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not a political person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not gonna be a judge. So I ended up going into, um, into law, into real estate law. Okay. Um, that was my first job out of law school. I, I can't sit still, so while I'm studying for the bar, I, I go to a temp agency and they give me, a, a, they say, oh, we got a job for you. I work with a, a mortgage firm, a small firm um, that did real estate. And at that time, I'm typing up the real estate papers. <laughs> and then finally the guy says, you know what? I don't want to keep paying the temp agency. Come work for me. Outstanding. So I worked for him, and I'm a workaholic, like all of us in here. Yes. <laughs> I worked till 11 o'clock at night, and I had this conversation with you. And I'm married, but it didn't matter to me. I worked till 11 o'clock at night. I worked on the weekends, and then my daughter was born. And that also was a time the real estate market started to Got it. be different. And so I said, you know what? I can't, I can't do this anymore. I have a child, and... I started my own law practice. Outstanding. And I did that for a few years, and one of the primary reasons I think we've heard about it today is the flexibility of being able to be a professional and also be a mother, be a mom. You know, family first. But both are very, very important, and you can't compromise right. one for the other. And so I was there for a good amount of time, and then I wanted to move up. Yes. And so I reached out to the CEO of the organization looking for that opportunity and they said, no, we can't do that, but we can give you more responsibility because you can handle it, obviously. Um, that didn't come with higher pay. And so I said, thank you, no thank you. 
and that's how I mean this is a really long story guys but okay. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll bring you we'll bring you back but in that, but you that made... is how I ended up in the um, in the insurance industry um, and I was 11 and a half years as a captive agent um, and it's only recently that I became an indie producer again looking for more at this point my ultimate goal is to own and run my own general agency. We're going to pick that conversation up. Now, I started with the, the two veterans and haikus uh, <laughs> in the industry by design, and um, everyone here is different. Gabriella, you're here because um, you represent the future. Yes. Um, I had your former boss, Jen O'Brien, on Wind Down with Kev. Mm -hmm. And as I'm following Jen on social media, they gave a nice soiree for you, congratulating you on opening your That's own beautiful. agency. That's so yeah. uh, yeah. let's talk about it. Talk <laughs> yeah. to people you. about how new you are in the insurance business and what it feels like to own and operate your own agency. Yeah, so I mean, I've been licensed for uh, almost three years now. I worked as a team member under a successful agent, woman agent, Jennifer O'Brien, uh, for two years. And I had the opportunity to go out on my own. And kind of like what Beth said, I always had the dream of opening up my own business, not necessarily insurance, but I found a passion in helping people and educating people. So that, that's where we are today. And I opened up my agency in January, about two months ago. So, yes. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. Kudos, kudos to you. So, um, your energy, we had a little networking before we came in here and started the podcast. Um, you said to me right away, you know, you said, yeah, Kevin, some people say that I've only been doing this for two years, but I feel like now is the time to start. And I agree with you because life is all about taking action. You could have spent 10 or 20 years studying the theory of owning the business, but you took action. What about you? What's in you that made you take action right away as opposed to being a little bit timid and waiting until you know you had five, 10 years experience? I feel like I went into it knowing exactly what I wanted. You know, I always knew I wanted to be a business owner. I knew that if I worked hard for it, I would get there. And I mean, that's really it every day. I was just like, I know what I have to do to get there. Let and nothing was gonna get in my way. I felt like the only person that was gonna stop me was me. So with that, you know, and having that mentality every day, I mean, eventually, you know, you get to bring and open up great things. I, I love it, I love it. And last question with you before I pivot, not only did you open your own agency, uh, you came with, when you texted me, they said, yes, Kevin, I'm coming. I'm bringing somebody that won't be in the way, but she's gonna be here. And uh, you brought your wonderful big sister who, not only is here for moral support for the podcast today, but she also works with you. She's in the process of getting her license. How does it feel to have to work with someone in your family? It's amazing. I mean, for me, family is everything. So, um, you know, they're my why. They're the reason that I do this every day. So having my sister, the person that, you know, I can trust the most um, on my side and on my team would really, you know, just... It, it's an it's an unbelievable feeling. I really don't know how else to explain it. Being able to have your family and everyone support you, work with you. There's there's no one else that I would trust with that position. So I love it. I love it. Trust <laughs> trust matters. Uh, Beth, you you have a a team. How many people do you have on your team? I have eight team members, and uh, some of them, you know, Patty's been with me for going on 32 years. Um, it's and I have, you know, just a phenomenal group of people. Um, 
And I am very grateful for that because this, that's the only way you can do this job. And you need people supporting you. You, you need people that, especially in this type of business, that want to help people. They, you know, um, want to help people solve their, you know, their needs. They want to help, you know, have those relationships too. And my team has relationships with um, our customers that I don't even have at this point <laughs> because they deal with uh, the rest of my team. I like seeing um, what we can create. We come up with ideas for social media. Um, I'm like the cheerleader. That's what I like to do. I like going out and meeting people and, and when the calls come in that people you know, want to do business with us because they know and trust us and then I pass that to my sales team and then my customer service team takes care of them from then on and I'm just the, you know, you're the, the, the person, be, the get, person <laughs> behind the curtain you to some to, degree. You get, you get to drive. That's the beauty of the job. You get to drive and you get to steer. So, Beth, you're an Allstate agent just like me, so people know what we do. Yeah. State Farm is my most respected competition. I say that to people all the time. I win the State Farm. I lose the State Farm. I yeah. have no problem <laughs> with it. Great company. Then I want you to talk a little bit about your area of specialty because it's a little bit different than Allstate and State Farm. So talk about what you concentrate on. So my concentration is in life and health. Um, I started primarily working with um, older Americans with regard to retirement planning. And so when we look at life insurance, it's about you, you spend your whole life at work, right? And you, you retire and then your benefits go away or you have your 401k, you work all those years to have your 401k and all of a sudden you're retiring, the market's doing funky things, right? So <laughs> how, do you, how do you protect all of those things that you have? And now you qualify for Medicare, you have no idea what Medicare is, but you've been paying for it for your whole life. How do I make sure that I can, I can not lose money? So we talk about the four cornerstones, and I work in those four areas where you say, okay, let's get that health insurance together first. Because if I'm, you know, before now, right, I sit at the Dunkin' Donuts or I sit at the dining room table, and I'm like, oh, my God, the doctor raises co-payment again. Yes. Oh, my doctor doesn't yes. take this it's insurance, real. right? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I can afford this medication. So sitting down with people and helping them to understand the parts of Medicare and how you continue to afford that stuff. And then it's understanding and fully appreciating we do not appreciate the, enough the importance of long-term care absolutely we that's started to to figure it out a little bit when when covid happened right the right. quarantines happened and and people are are not having choices about where they're getting that long-term care or maybe someone's not getting the proper long-term care because they can't afford to get the proper long-term care. So it's making sure that people understand the importance of long-term care, because you can be sick and get insurance, right? You have to You can't be care. sick and think about, now you no. gotta get a lot no, of long-term care. You have yeah. to have that in place. You have to have it in place. Your, your area of specialty is unique. That's why there's room for everybody at the table. There's no competition. I want to right. I share a couple of things. I want to get your reaction to it. Um, one thing I want to share is that um, uh, my brother Evan Russell, who did the mortgage portion of the trifecta, mm -hmm. 
He talked about the number of women that have opened businesses recently, the phenomenal rate. I want to go with the same phenomenal stat in a different direction. Over 50% of women are head of household right now. Mm -hmm. So think about the unique product and service that you, that you offer. And I'm going to ask you a question. Um, in the past couple of years, you have two niche markets. You both, um, as a woman entrepreneur and being in Brentwood in the heart of the largest Hispanic community on Long Island, yes. one of the largest communities on Long Island, how, is, how important is it to you when you're talking to the women that are head of household, homeowners, business owners, to be able to service them? Well, really, it's, you know, it's both, like what you said, women and being Hispanic, making sure that they really understand the importance of their coverage, explaining their coverages to them. Um, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Good. And how do, they, how do they respond to your conversation, both speaking to a mother woman that may be a more trusting situation, but also being able to speak to them in their language? How important is it? Is yeah, that? I mean, in order for you to feel comfortable with what you're buying, you need to be able to understand it. So, you know, speaking their language, you know, makes it easier for me to explain it to them, making sure that they understand what it is they're going into. Sometimes, you know, buying a house or, you know, insuring your car, it's the biggest thing that can happen in your life. So we want to make sure that you properly understand how your policy works and, you know, everything that goes with it. Excellent. That's beautiful. Uh, Beth, I'm going to say the same question to you differently. Um, and this side of the business, the personal lines, we ensure people that come from a generation where maybe they were a little bit more traditional. Maybe they weren't independent entrepreneurs like all of you at the table. Maybe they were in traditional marriage and maybe someone else wrote the bills for all these years. But you and I have set across from people that have become widows and then you've had to help them in the transition to become the head of household. What has that experience been like for you to look into an eye of a widow that's not sure, you know, what he did with the insurance or how that process, right. how that family transitions? And, and that's the beauty of, um, like, the business that, that I built and built with my team is that we always wanted to get involved with both uh, you know, both the man and the 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 wife in the uh, in the couple. Um, that sounded terrible. I know you can edit all this. That's right? okay. <laughs> no. right, so I'm not gonna edit it. We're gonna just say the truth. It's, this is gonna. This will this will be. This is. Yeah. It just shows that it's we, real. I always wanted to meet both, um, uh, because w what I found over the years, I have to tell you, is that a lot of times the women are handling the money. They have, you know, even if they say, oh, well, let me talk to John, um, a lot of times they're making the decision. <laughs> John's not making the decision until he speaks So you wife. have to have the conversation um, and with, with both people, always. So I would always encourage, and then, you know, before, I've been doing this 35 years, so you would go to their house. Wow. Yeah. And just like Donnell was saying, you know. Um, I still go to people's house. Yeah, yeah, we do too. Or we bring them in mm -hmm. where, you know, both of them are there so that all the decisions are made as a couple. And, but I would always encourage um, the, the wife to understand what we were doing and vice versa because like i said we have uh widowers come in they have never 
paid the insurance. Mm -hmm. They have no, so having that relationship with both, and I want that because, and that's what helped me build my business, and this is good advice for you, because don't only speak to the, the husband or the wife. You wanna be the person that they both know who Gabriella is. Yeah. They both know who Beth Hanlon is, because then, if there is that situation, they feel comfortable. They feel comfortable with me, they feel comfortable with my team. I and love it, I, mean, I love just, it. Just address, actually, both of their questions. As far as like being in the industry, being, uh, being a woman, and more, more, more specifically being a black woman in the industry, I find that because of my education as well, that I have been relatable to every person that I've ever been in front of. I used to do recruiting, I, I do a lot of recruiting, and I, you know, I would always ultimately have people come up to me, say, I can relate to this part of what you do. You know, if I'm sitting with women, I can relate to you as a woman. If I'm sitting with a black person, male or female, I can relate to you as a, a black woman or a person of color. If I'm, you know, sitting with, you know, other folks, it's, you're a professional. So I think, you know, as a woman, you can be able to be relatable to people because of having that entrepreneurship as well. And then the other part of it, when you're addressing sitting with the man and woman, it's important as well because a woman, and I think we've heard this theme throughout <laughs> today, they're going to support you more times than not, right, because you are a woman. But be very clear that you need to as well have the respect from the man that's in the room as well. And if you're doing your job as a professional, the way you carry yourself, the way you speak, the way you're treating the woman, the way you're treating the man, when you're having a conversation, having the conversation with both individuals, not yes. just the one individual, yes. yeah. right? Because yes. if, if, if you approach me in Home Depot right, right. and my wife is there, you start explaining how it works. You're, talk, you're talking to the you're talking to the wrong person because she's the handy person right. in the house. Now, I want to I want to stay with you for for one second. I want to get all your reaction to uh, something that happened a couple of days ago. Women's history, women's empowerment, great words that we use, but the numbers say that for years and many things there was not equal pay for equal work. Yeah. Two days ago, a phenomenal decision: the U.S. women's soccer team won a twenty-four million dollar lawsuit for equal That's pay. Beautiful. So the question I want to ask, um, one, I want to get your reaction to it, but more importantly, for people considering the insurance industry, if someone's wondering, if you're in the insurance industry and you own a business, do you get equal pay oh. for equal work? Oh, well, this, this is a great question, Kevin, <laughs> because this, that is another reason why I thought, wow, insurance is a great field to get into. If I sell a policy That's or right. Kevin Spann sold that policy, we then got paid the same, the same. I don't get more than you, Beth. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't. And so yes. you can, you know, I worked really hard and, uh, and, and it's fair. Yes. Right. I like right. that. Fair is a good word. It's fair. You work hard. You get more creative in how you figure out how to market yourself, you network yourself, um, you figure out, you know, what leads to buy, mm -hmm. how to train your team, 
how we, the special things that I know my agency does that stand out. Yes. We differentiate ourselves. Um, and those little things go a long way. But at the end of the day, I'm getting paid exactly the same. Right. And it's fair. Yes. So that's a shout out. Go ahead, Danielle. Yeah. I mean, it, it's about understanding, again, the marketing, the branding. You just, you know, the three services we talked about today, three careers we talked about today, you will make as much as you work hard enough to get. Mm -hmm. You know, when you come to this business, people say, well, how much can I make? How much do you want to make? Yes. Right? Yes. How yes. much do you want to make? Yes. No cap. If you only need <laughs> yeah. to pay yes. your cell phone bill, <laughs> then you'll make as much as your cell phone bill <laughs> yes. costs, right? Yes. But if you know you got to pay your mortgage, you got to pay the cell phone, you got to pay to put some gas in the car, you got to put food on the table and pay for your kid's private school and all those things, then you're going to make sure you have that too. You want to take that vacation every year, you're going to make sure you have that too. So it's, it's you can make in this industry and it doesn't matter, male, female, you know, because yeah. none of us, except, you know, well, no, you cleared up, you said you wanted to be an entrepreneur. Nobody in, in life that I know so far has always, has ever been in, in grade school and said, hmm, when I grow up, I think I'm going to be an insurance agent. No way. Yeah, nobody does it doesn't, that. It doesn't, it doesn't, it happen. doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Gabrielle, I'm going to change the question for you a little bit. There's a phenomenon going on right now called the great resignation, right? A lot of people are walking away from what they used to do and doing something different. And then there's a bad label put on your generation. Now, I don't know all the names. I don't know if it's millennial, millennial <laughs> Gen Z, Gen X. There's a false narrative that says that young people don't want to work. What do you say to that? I mean, I mean, maybe some people are like that. I mean, that's not in me. You know, I want to do whatever I can to be successful, and that means you got to work hard. You know, everything doesn't come easy, so you got to put in the work to get the results. So, I know what that means because I'm in the same field as you. But break it down for the next young person watching this podcast. Um, if I come to work for you at State Farm, if I become a State Farm agent, does that start exactly at 9 in the morning and exactly at 5 o'clock? <laughs> um, so no, you actually get the freedom, you know, to insurance is a, an industry where it's something that everyone needs. So we have the flexibility of being able to work when you want, you know, we have the flexibility of this person maybe is not going to answer the phone at 9 a.m. so you can work later. So you really have the freedom to work from Wi-Fi. You have the freedom to work on your own schedule. So, I mean, it's really whatever you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. Is freedom important to you and to other young people that uh, would like to work? I think freedom is very important to my generation, and yeah. that's why people you know, maybe don't want to work because they, they want the freedom to do other things, but you can work and have the freedom to do the things that you want to do. As a, as a business owner. Outstanding. I love it. Can I say, I'm going to give you the same question. I'm going to flip it, though. Mm -hmm. Career changers. A lot of people that uh, left whatever they used to do inside of a corporate job doing something different, not sure what they're going to do next. Would you encourage them to enter some aspect of this field? I'll start with you. And then. Yes. Is it scary? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but you have to go into it willing to work hard again you know willing to understand that you're going to have some good days and some bad days 
some good weeks and some bad weeks, some good months and some bad <laughs> yeah. months, yeah. some good years and some bad years, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But like anything, there's a learning curve there. But if you don't have the ability, and someone said it earlier, to get very comfortable, being uncomfortable, yes. you cannot run this business. Yes. Yes. This is not about people handing you things. You will have people that will show you how to run the business, but you can only hold an individual's hand but so long before your own stool is slipping from up under you, yes. right? So you have to have the, the knowledge to know, yes, it's going to be tough getting started. And I like to explain to people like a tunnel. You are wide-eyed and excited about getting into this business and getting that unlimited income, and you're like, let's do this. And you're here. And then you start walking through that tunnel. <laughs> it and, and it That's starts looking dark. like this. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. when you stay in the business long enough, when you start getting comfortable with that uncomfortable, it starts to lighten up. And then where you were working so hard at the beginning, you thought to yourself, you know what? I did not know I was going to be working this hard. I don't see the outcome the way that I feel like I'm putting in. But you put in long enough in this business, you're not working at the end, right? You're getting all of the same, I didn't even hardly work today. Really? Yeah. I must be cheating cheating yeah. something. Well, <laughs> Jump on exactly where it's, it's a great business. Um, because if you like talking to people, meeting people, um, you can make a very, very good living. And um, it's not thinking about every sale. For me, it was always, you know, trying to help the customer. And I knew even if I could not, if I didn't have a product or a price for somebody, I, you always you treat the them with respect. Right. Give them a little education, um, you know, just comparing what they have, saying, oh, the worst thing that, now you know you have a good price, you know, so we can't help you right now, but I'm around. I always said, uh, you know, there's nobody with more endurance than people that sell insurance. <laughs> because I love it. We're always around. Right. You know, right. I'll be here six months from now when your policy renews. Don't worry about yeah. it. And right. don't like, never, we never did like that hard pressure sale no. because my sign is still on the door. Yes. I've got a, you know, I'm still around. So yes. people eventually, if they leave us, we say, we're sorry you're leaving for price, but you know, if you could always come back, Anybody. all will be forgiven. And they come back. Right, right. So, so, so Beth, um, I think we'll get very close this way. Rejection. Knowing the business, looking to grow in the business, going from where you are to owning and operating an agency. I was listening to Dan Kennedy's book, Drive Me Here Today, and he was talking about don't look at every situation that if guys buy a policy, they'll be good. Do you look at everything as the beginning of a relationship as opposed to, you know, whether or not I buy today, it matters? Yeah. How do you handle, how would you tell people to handle the rejection that comes with just being in sales period? We had all sales people here today, realtors, mortgage people. How would you hand, say, what do you say about rejection? You just, you have to have a positive attitude about it. They always say, you know, 
every no you get you lead you closer yeah. to a yes. You know, they have all those, um, you know, um, sayings about that. You have to just stay positive and not take it too seriously, you know, um, and just offer your services. You know, let's see if we could save you money. If we can't, it's okay. You know, and the beauty about insurance is that, you know, how many houses do people buy in their lifetime? I've owned two. Yes, you me I, 35 years of selling insurance. People leave because of price. They come back because of service. They right. leave because, you know, they move out, but somebody moves in. So we always have that opportunity of, you know, getting new customers and referrals, and that's the the lifeblood of our business is referrals. About the four pivot to Danelle, any last words of advice for women that may enter the business? Uh, just trust in yourself, believe in yourself, and always, uh, the customer comes first. So do the right thing, even if it means you're not gonna write a policy, even if it means uh, you, you're going to send them somewhere else where you know, oh, I know who does that type of insurance better than us. It always comes back. To, it, it always comes yes. back. To know, mm -hmm. change. One of the things I like about your story is that there's change. Right now there's a woman listening to this podcast that's in a career that's getting on a train to go to a job that she hates. She's putting in more hours and she doesn't have the ideal balance of work and family. Mm -hmm. um, two last answers for you. I want you to talk to that person about change um, and then any words of advice that you would give for something I didn't ask. So change is, is a funny thing. So people are afraid of change. I have never been afraid of change. Now, do I find it scary? Yes, of course, I do find it scary. But I grew up in a household where I competed with you know, five siblings, and that in and of itself gives you confidence, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> it's about I gotta be the best, I gotta be the best, I gotta be the winner, even with just playing bowling or something like that, right? <laughs> so I think for change is, is about taking, rather than thinking of it as change, Think of it as that old saying, take, sometimes you have to take two steps back to go 10 steps forward. So don't be afraid to take that step back. That step back may be you reflecting on what you're doing so that you can move forward. Because especially today, it is miserable. It is miserable, right? To go to some place where you're spending 40, 50, however many hours Right? More hours than you spend at home and just be completely unhappy, you know? And the other thing is just, uh, just make it happen, you know? <laughs> we, we have to be people that do what we say we're going to do. You know, when you have a goal in mind for yourself, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with people who know you. Share it with people who will support you. Share it with people who will keep you honest. You know, when I have a goal in front of me, I, I, 
I, you know, they have a word for it now. It's called a vision board. I've always done that. Anytime I wanted something from my first car to whatever, I made sure I visioned it. I've printed pictures. I put it in front, you know, um, you, as far as my why. I have pictures of my daughter everywhere. I used to keep her on my desktop. I mean, if you look on my desk right now, I have a, a glass pane, all pictures of my daughter all over the place because I want her to know that as, as a woman, there is nothing that is going to hold you back. And I want her to see when she gets older, if, you know, if she's sitting in some situation like this, she was, you know why I'm here? Because my mom motivated me to yes. do that. Yeah. You know, and I think all of us, at, there's some woman out there at some point, some place where you said, oh my gosh, what a beautiful example. I want to be like that person. My mother's the most powerful. I see my husband and say, you know what? Maybe you should have came and married my mom because I'm not that. Because <laughs> I'm not that. But it, it's, it's about, I, I would say to that person, don't be afraid of change. And when you have something in mind, share it, share it with another female, share it with a male, share it with somebody who's going to support you. Because if you're not willing to share it, you don't really have that goal. Because Ooh, when you don't name. share it, that means if you fail, nobody, nobody knows, knows about it. Yeah. Share. That is, share that, it. That, that, that is powerful. I, I steal yeah. things all the time. If you don't have a patent on that, I'm going to steal it. Uh, that, that, that's, that's outstanding. Gabriella, I have, a couple of, I, have, I have a couple of closing things for you. But first, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, real, I hope, hope you have fun. Fun having you as a, as a guest. Um, I want to close with a question. I want to steal from my brothers, Carlos and Evan, before me. They closed on the, the why question. What, what's your why? What, what, what inspires you to do this? What gave you the confidence two years into a business to, to start on your own? So I'm gonna ask you that first, and then after you're done, I'm gonna ask you, what would you encourage another young woman, uh, specifically another young Hispanic woman that should get into this business? I, I have to tell you that you're, you're needed here because yeah. the phenomenon of yes. home ownership, the shift in demographics in America, is very important yes. that you're here there's a lot of room at the table, so both questions. I'll repeat if necessary. No, so um, my why is my family. My parents, I came from an Im immigrant family, and, you know, the, the way that they're perceived is, you know, everyone moves here to live the American dream. Everyone moves here to have a build a better life, and I'm, I'm doing it. I'm living the American dream. I'm living a, um, you know, being a business owner, and I'm just my why is to make my family so proud, and... What I would say to other women that, you know, want to pursue something like that is own your own development. You know, like you, you know, at the end of the day, whether you're putting all into it, you know, at the end of the day, whether you did everything that you can do, you have to be very self-aware of what's going on. And if you do that, if you do that every single day, then, you know, it's it's going to unfold. Expand on own your own development. I was trying to yeah. close. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I'm a terrible host. Expand on own yeah, your own development because that's such a, a massive. Danelle talked about accountability. Beth talked about positive mental attitude, but own your own development. You mean if my portion of the podcast don't go well, I can't blame Carlos? <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I say own your own development as in um, 
you know, like you know what you're doing at the end of the day. You know that if you really put 100% into it, you know at the end of the day if you could be doing more. It's easy to just blame something else for it, but at the end of the day, it's like, did I do everything that I needed to do in order to get to where I want to be? So own your own development as in, you know, no one's, as a business owner, no one's going to come tell me, hey, you got to do this today. So it's all discipline, motivation, and, you know, own your own development. Yeah. I see, I see I that, that as a, I have nothing, nothing to add to it yeah. or take uh, from that. You and, want to just contribute? Yeah, I'm just <laughs> saying as far as own your own development, I think we, I, I see where you're saying with that. And I also believe that um, in, a, a more, in a positive aspect as well, own your own development as in we give credence to um, the support that we've all gotten here. And this is not to sound arrogant in any way but own your own development, that you are where you are because, because you of yourself, yeah. right? You yeah. are where you are because <laughs> of you. You are where you are because of you. And at the end of the day, people can lead you, but ultimately you decide yep. whether you're going to make the move to put you where you're supposed to be. Exactly. So I see that owning your own development in that realm as well. Beautiful. <laughs> I was going to close done. there, but Beth, final words, anything to add to it? <laughs> no, they did a great job. Okay. And I thank you so much for being, uh, for inviting me. This was great. I met wonderful people and uh, this was wonderful. Beautiful. Thank you. I have nothing to add to or take <laughs> away from that. My guy, Carlos Salinas, who puts this together, he always closes the show this way. Loyalty is royalty. The golden rule. Treat people the way you want to be treated, and it'll come back to you a thousand times. Peace. Peace. Peace.